You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. One of the hottest topics in all of dentistry is airway. And have you ever asked the question, how do I make airway profitable in my dental practice? Well, I have somebody who has the answer. Her name is Dr. Tracy Wynn. Not only is she a very cool person, but she's a brilliant educator. And that's the topic of our podcast today. And she shares some very revealing things about her journey and how you can apply them to your practice. So listen up. I know you guys will enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam here. I love this thing so much. This is so much fun. I get to hang out with amazing rock stars that are changing the world of dentistry. And we get to learn what they're up to, what's going on, how to think better about a dental practice and some of the new, you know, things that are out there like airway. And today I have one of the greatest rock stars in dentistry, Tracy Wynn. And we're going to be talking about how to make airway profitable. Have you ever thought about that? Everybody's <laughs> thinking about that with Dr. Tracy Went. Tracy, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's, you're one of the busiest people in the world. You're like everywhere. You're doing the coolest stuff. And so whenever you schedule, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So <laughs> now. Oh, you, know, you got to do it. You got to keep the message strong, you know? Absolutely. Someone asked me the other day, because I think at the beginning of the year, um, well, not, I mean, it's only been like the second, third month. I was like traveling literally every weekend. They're like, do you like it? I was like, I don't like it, but I feel like I have to do it. You know, it's, it's one of those, like, you just, I have to get that message across. You got to keep going, pushing yeah. through. You are amazing. And so, I mean, I've seen you shine on so many levels and um, I've seen a ton of your stuff. You showed up for us in the COVID conference. Uh, and I think what you're doing is so powerful. We have a lot of young listeners and new listeners. If they've never heard of Tracy Wynn, I want to, I want you to tell them who you are. Share with them your story a little bit, and uh, we'll start there. How's that? Oh yeah, well, I mean, I'm just a simple gal. <laughs> um, you know, I guess I, I started off in my journey 
just trying to be like hardcore, strong restorative dentist, just trying to be a really good restorative dentist. And then I went into the AACD, got accredited. Um, and then when I did that, you know, I decided that I wanted to go like fee for service. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really good now. I can do all this stuff, you know, and yeah. people would pay to see me. Well, I learned really quickly that that was not true. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, I'm accredited by the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. I've done coins. And what? You still don't want to see? You still want to know if I take your insurance? Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I pretty much um, at that point decided to reinvent myself. Like, okay, you know, like, who is Tracy Wynn? Like, what kind of dentistry does she want to practice? What kind of office does she want to have? And in that journey, um, it's pretty much how... I kind of got into airway and just understanding people, their overall health, and just, I felt like Dennis had a bigger purpose. And I think um, once I started to speak on my purpose, um, that patients kind of got it and they just, they saw me differently. I, I wasn't like this badass cosmetic dentist trying to charge this amount. They, they, they saw me as like a person that really cared about them. Um, so that's kind of like who my, what my practice is right now. And um, the money will come. I mean, uh, it's funny, when I first started this, I had one assistant who's no longer with me, which is probably should have been a sign, um, but she, she said, Dr. Tracy, how are we going to make money? You know, we're not making any money here. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's very true. Like, to start off, I mean, there's so many tips that I have that I would tell you not to do, um, but, you know, and we're, we're doing great now, uh, but it, it is definitely a learning curve. Okay, so share with everybody, where do you practice? In Northern Virginia, right outside DC. I have to say Northern Virginia because when I say Virginia, everyone thinks I'm like Virginia Beach. So, right. so I'm where all the the crazy politics is. <laughs> yeah, right outside DC. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, and I asked you before you hit the go button, like, well, you you spoke in Charleston recently on this topic. Yeah like how yes. to make airway profitable. Let's start with the basics, you know? So you went in, you, you use a couple words that I love, you know, you find out what your why and your passion and like your purpose. And I think yeah. that's probably a big part of it. But then also, can you speak to the reality of like not making money when you chase that? Cause that does happen to all of us, right? Yeah. Well, I think the big thing that people don't get is, um, airway dentistry is not, it's, you don't take a course and you're going to come out making a lot of money from that one course. It's not like implant dentistry or like some, something where, or a composite course where you're, you're learning a, an actual skill and then you, you're going to practice it Monday morning. Airway dentistry is more of, think about it as like an occlusion course, more of like a philosophy course. And just like occlusion, there are several different camps and you have to kind of decide what, what um, you jive with more, what fits your philosophy. Um, so I always tell people that, you know, comprehensive dentistry is airway dentistry. It's not different. Like, and I think there people try to overcomplicate airway dentistry. You know, it's like you, you're still doing dentistry. Don't try, like if someone has an airway problem and they don't believe you and there's all this dentistry to be done, don't spend two hours convincing them they have an airway problem. Just right. do the dentistry, you know? And I think that's the big thing that a lot of dentists forget. Like we we forget to be dentists first. The whole, the whole thing with airway dentistry is just understand that there's an airway component and understand that your dentistry could potentially make it worse. So don't make it worse. Right. <laughs> you know? It seems like so simple. It's like um, we definitely kind of overcomplicate what airway dentistry is. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then I would imagine bringing your team with you, you mentioned your assistant, like that's a big component of all of the business part of it, right? Yes. So one of the things I mentioned, you know, in my how to make area profitable is like, you're not going to do it without your team's blessing. You know, like we all know this, we go to a course, we come back and they just think that, okay, you're, they just took a weekend course and my dentist is going to be gung ho for two weeks and then it's going to trickle, trickle away. The thing with airway dentistry, it's such an emotional impact for all, for you, your, um, your significant other, your children, that your team needs to see that. And most likely someone in your team is suffering from it. Someone in your team knows someone that's suffering from it. So once the team has a why for themselves, then they can support your why. Right, right. That is so powerful. And I want to ask you about your extended team too. So your team isn't always in your office. You know, I get this question all the time. You don't understand. I'm in an area where myofunctional therapists and orthodontists and other people that understand this are are limited. What do you say when you hear those questions? You know, I remember um, being with Rick Robley uh, at, at a meeting and he said, you know, if you can't find your team, make it yourself. You know, like if you can't find these people, then you develop your team. So basically, um, as a restorative doctor, so I'm one of those doctors that I don't spread the wealth. I have a very strong um, referral network. That person, that specialist basically gets all of my patients. I have two periodontists, two oral surgeons, and those people we have a really great connection with. So my referrals, I mean, common sense is kind of like, you, you don't bite off the hand that feeds you, right? So right. like, and so those are the ones that are going to listen to you more and respect you a little bit more. The ones that aren't buying in, don't waste your time. Right. They'll, they'll come when they're ready. And I think that's the thing that we, we struggle with. Like we want certain people on our team, but if they're not ready, they're not ready. So then you find someone else that's willing to listen and then you grow them. You grow together as a team. Yeah. That's how I kind of pretty much developed my network. I sent out an email to all of my best referrals and I said, hey guys, um, this is what I'm seeing that's happening. Um, This is where I see dentistry and I need you to support me on this. And like, they were all on board. They're like, Tracy, what do you need us to do? That is awesome. So you're going to build your core of the people that you're going to build on. And, And so go back to that. You were talking about your referrals. Can you just mention... So if I were to ask you, like, how do you get patients coming to you? Do most of them come through a referral network of other specialists or are they referred by other patients? I mean, what do you, what kind of a pattern are you seeing now just on the basic business end of new patients? So for me, social media has been very, I have a love hate with social media. Really? (laughs) Okay. You have to explain that. Yeah, but social media has has pretty much built my entire platform because like when I think about when I decided when I was kind of discovering myself and discovering my why, I was like, wow, you know, there's not that much information about this. And so I decided to, well, I'm going to put it out there. I I made all my social media pages public. I started um, blogging about literature reviews. I would basically post a literature blog, uh, post a case blog on social media. And then I just started to get known, you know, people were like messaging me, Hey, I just read this. And then they started kind of connecting with me as, you know, the airway specialist or airway dentist. And then just, just being real on social media. 
Um, most of my patients do find me from that. I get a lot of referrals actually from other dentists and other medical colleagues. Um, I get referrals from other uh, medical colleagues because I developed my own group locally. And like I said, like you, you grow it yourself. You basically figure out you from the medical side, you ask your patients who their doctors are. And then you say, well, you know, I'd love to connect with them. And then you have your patients connect you because that's the common core there is your patients. Um, and then from there, you know, that's how, that's how I got it. I mean, my average, my average new patient commute is probably about two to four hours. Wow. Yeah. And so like, I mean, I just had someone flew, fly in from like Ohio. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Cause like the thing is with airway, um, I mean, some of these patients, they're, they're desperate for answers, you know, and like, um, and they just want someone to listen to them and they want to know, like, is it their anatomy? What else can I do? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been really good. I mean, it's interesting cause like my practice now, like I've, and I'm still learning how to structure it because while I'm a heavy restorative practice, you know, the new patient worth for restorative practice is you get this patient as a new patient and you get X amount every year. That's the, that's the cost of this new patient because you're going to see them every year. Right. As a specialist, you got one treatment and then they go back. So I'm still kind of learning that, you know, so like with my, with my team, it's like, all right, guys, I need more new patients than a, a GP because I got one shot with one treatment. Right. You know, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a learning curve. I'm learning things differently in how to communicate with patients. So yeah. it's not. What's what, just what comes to mind? What was your, like your top two learning points? Like, oh, I learned this. Cause I could give yeah. you, I could do an hour long show on the things I learned the hard way, but Go back so, to like your top two or top three things you learned. So what I will tell anybody if they're doing airway, what you should not do is do not give your patients homework. Whoa. <laughs> and like, and, I, and, and this is what I did. And I realized, why am I doing that? I'm supposed to be the expert in this. So do not have all these books in your waiting area and say, you should read this book. Do not give your patients books. Do not give your patient places things to read because you are supposed to be the expert. You look in their mouth, you're supposed to know what's going on or suspect what's going on and direct them to the right care. Right. And so I, I told, an analogy would be like, as a restorative doctor, we ultimately decide the restorative material we wanna use. Right. Right? So, but we don't go, you know, I just came from like an Ivor Clark lecture and um, I'm going to use the type of composite. I'm going to give you the um, MSDS on these three types of composite. Can you go home and research which one you want me to use for you Monday morning? Like it, it makes no sense, right? But we do that with airway. We're like, you know what? We think you have a breathing problem. We think you have this. Here's some articles that you can read and here's some literature reviews that you can read. No, right. patients don't want that. And so... My number one thing is do not give the patient homework. You have to be very um, confident in what you are seeing and how you think that this patient should be treated. Um, and it's okay to say that we're going to get put together a team and figure out how to treat you because that's how that's how we do interdisciplinary care with regular dentistry. We have to do it the exact same way. Once you give someone homework, you become less confident and less knowledgeable in the topic. Wow. Did you find, can I ask you about that? Did you find they didn't do the homework to begin with? 
and or they kind of lost confidence or energy in the treatment. There, were, I'm sure there were some findings in there, you know, as you were asking people. Yeah, well, what ended up happening is I, I used to always be like, yeah, you know, we read this book, read this and that. And then I'm like, they're gone. You know, yeah. then then my the goal, the ultimate goal that I was like, well, what is my goal in this treatment? What do I want the patient to do? You know, like, and that's the key here. It's like, if you don't know what you want the patient to do, then if you give them something, you're just opening up a can of worms that makes it very confusing for them. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like saying, you have a cracked tooth. Um, I don't know how I want to fix it yet, but let's read up on some materials. <laughs> I would go somewhere right. else, I guess, you know? Right. So, and that's what, you know, because people always ask me, where should I learn all this? It's like, again, you know, like, I, I can't tell you like where, if you, if you can afford the time and the money, you should learn from everyone. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day is if you're going to make recommendations and treatment, know what you're recommending. Don't, if you are giving people homework, then you don't know what you're recommending. Yeah. And that makes, that makes you look less of an authority and there's going to be lack of confidence from a patient standpoint. Yeah. That is so good. So that was number one. Number two, what's another learning? When you look back, is there anything else you'd say, don't do this? You know, you know I think I do like social media, okay. you know, and I think that you have to decide who is going to be, who's going to do that social media for you. Um, I definitely think that you want to be careful about oversharing. <laughs> um, but I think that patients do look for social media for content. So, um, I mean, that, that's pretty much how I got started with it. Yeah. So you, they search for you based on that. Okay. So can I ask you, do you do your own social media or you found somebody that you could give it to? And then what is oversharing? I don't know what oversharing is. What is that? Yeah. So, um, I think, so I do it myself and it's very exhausting. Okay. You know, and um, but I think when you do it yourself, there's a it's it's very real and it's very organic, uh, and patients connect with that. Patients know when it's not you. Um, Oversharing is almost like you know, you gotta you gotta understand how you're gonna be perceived too. So there's certain things you don't want to do, um, and like and that's arguably personal stuff. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, oh, but it's yeah. funny because like I post a lot of like uh, I, I mix up my social media with workout stuff, and I always wonder. I'm like, I wonder what my patients feel about me showing my workout videos, um, but I think they like it. I mean, I had a guy in the office the other day. He's like, Tracy, how much are you benching now? And I was like, <laughs> so it was cute. But I, I think social media can be um, good and bad. Bad in the sense that it can really uh, mess with your psyche. You know, with the whole like likes, do they like me? I mean, the more the po the more popular you get, you're also going to get people that don't like you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think um, that I think every once in a while I'll, I'll come across um, a negative review or a negative post, and it just hits you to the core. Yeah. Um, so you just have to kind of remember that when you put yourself out there, you're going to take the good and the bad. Yeah. And very I, I have a, a love hate relationship with like. I love it because I feel like I, I have a stronger reach. Um, I hate it because every once in a while I get a really bad review and it really strikes me to the core, but I just have to kind of bounce back up. I mean, like the one, there was one lady, um, she was uh, searching for answers for her son. I think she probably has like 
a million followers. Like she posted this long thing about how she didn't realize her son had an airway problem and how a dentist caught it. So she reached out to me because she wanted me to continue treating her son. Um, but it's amazing. Like she had like a million plus followers. And um, when you when you grab these people or um, it can do wonders for you, your practice. So I, I do like social media. You just have to know how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's and, a, that's a whole lecture in itself, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that'll be our next podcast because I don't have a clue. Yeah. And so maybe you can help us with that. So um, you did ask me to ask this question before we hit the go button. I love it. Is like, how long did it take to make you know, a profit in this, uh, in this journey of yours, how much do you want to share about that? I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Um, you know, so I got accredited in, uh, 2015 and that was like my first drop. Right. It probably, um, and it probably took me about two to three years to get back up again. Right. Um, so I will say with anyone that's debating on dropping insurances, um, don't expect, just expect the worst, you know, but it's going to be fine. You know, like tough it out. You have a, figure out your why and make sure the entire office understands your why, because that's gonna, that's gonna keep you going. You know, yeah. like I, th I think like when I went down, I was like, wow, you know, like it, it was like, I, I, what people don't love me, you know, like, what is this all about? They, I, they care if I take their insurance, you know, like, but the insurance game is so messy right now. I mean, like now, today more than ever, like when I dropped insurance, patients weren't getting letters saying, well, you know, you spent, you know, 4,000 with Dr. Tracy, Dr. Wen, you could have saved 4,000 with Dr. Bruno next door. You know, like it's insane what the insurance companies can say now. So it's actually in their statement, like you could save, $3,000 if you stayed in network. So it like, it is so important for the entire office to be able to answer those questions um, and just stay on, stay on course because it's really rewarding when you, when you feel like you're getting paid your worth. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I, I agree with you. It's, it's crazy what they can do now and we can't do at all. And it yeah. is, it just is what it is. And I think as a team, we've got to be more calibrated on what to say, how to create value. And we have to be able to stick to our guns because the reimbursements aren't going up in dentistry. A recent yeah. expert that we met with shared that the average write-off, do you know what the average write-off is in dentistry? I didn't know this. Probably some, 70. No, what's the average write-off for a, for a practice that heavily participates in PPOs? It's 42%. Like that yeah, makes it's no, yeah. it makes no, and climbing because of all of the shared agreements and all of those things that are happening. So I think if you're going to do high quality dentistry, you have to do it from a value centered standpoint yeah. and you have to, you know, cause most of the things you worry about don't happen. You're like, my practice is going to die. No, it's not. You know, no. it, it's yeah. going to be a struggle, but you learn things. Did, didn't you, as you did this, I'm sure you and your team learned a lot. You're like, whoa, yeah. you know, so. It did. Like, I mean, we basically, we, we had to kind of like regroup and be like, okay, guys, what do we stand by? What do we believe in? And we have to stick by that. Yeah. And so can I ask you, like, what was your journey for insurance? Do you participate at all now or I you, do you do not? And so how long no. did it take? Were you fully participating at the beginning and now you're not? 
So I bought a practice in 2000, gosh, uh, I think about 2005, and they took they took about two or three insurance. I think it was like Emeritus, MetLife, Delta, and then I slowly started dropping them. Like every two, three years, I would drop something. Um, when I dropped um, Emeritus and MetLife, it was really easy because the compensation was almost the same. It was like a no-brainer. So I never, so I didn't think it would be a big deal for me to drop Delta. You know, because I was always going up when I dropped insurance. I was like, I was doing less, still going up. But the problem with Delta, the compensation is like ridiculous. I mean, like where a patient would pay $200 staying in network, they now have to pay $1,200 with me. So a family of four, I mean, that's, I can I understand that's a, that's a huge consideration that they have to think about, um, $1,200 versus two. So um, you just got to stay the course and... You know, and decide how you want to practice. I mean, if you're going to take the insurance, you have to be, you have to be okay with taking that cut. I mean, I just decided that like, I'm I'm worth more, and I'm just going to get paid more, and I, and I'm okay with like taking less. Yeah, what's really fun is less. absolutely. What's really fun is a lot of dentists that take this journey. They go, well, I'm just ready, and they say whatever happens happens, and then they always say. It's crazy. I'm making more money and I'm not racing from operatory to operatory. And it's, yeah. it's, it totally messes with your mind because you thought the opposite would happen. You thought you'd be sitting around, no one would yep. come in and it would be hard to grow a practice. But there are dentists, young ones that are like, I'm still too busy. There's still too many people coming. Yeah. So you're going to be okay. And there are very few dentists that get off of any of those and fail. I mean, I can't even think of the last one that got off and said, yeah, my practice died. I'm like, I, I haven't heard that story in many, many years. So I don't know. Yeah. I heard John, John Coy saying that like, um, the, the he's getting a lot of new grads come to his course mm -hmm. and that's very new because like John's course is like $10,000, you know? And so to be like, so I think what's happening, we're seeing a generation of um, dentists, young dentists that want to really deliver quality dentistry and want to go fee for service. And then we have some that are, you know, just, and there's nothing wrong with it, jumping into like um, the DSOs because like they're in so much debt. Like I get it. Um, I mean, I was in that, when I first came out, I worked for a huge HMO practice. Um, but I just realized I, I just didn't want to pra practice that way. It was kind of just like in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it. Yeah. But it taught me how to be fast. <laughs> I, I totally agree. So I, I meet, I do meet dentists and they're like, I don't, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, well, there's so many good things you're going to learn. You're going to learn speed, efficiency. You're also yeah. going to learn what you like and don't like. It'll strengthen your resolve for the next 30 years of your career. And wouldn't you agree in your tw late twenties or early thirties, at least for me, you don't really know who you are yet. You're just starting no. to learn who you are. Yeah. So I think before you build a practice, you got to kind of figure out who you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like the office that I worked with when I came out, what I loved about them is it, there was three doctors in there and one of them was a prosthodontist. So while I was getting paid pennies, I learned a lot as a dentist. And I think that's very valuable. You know, it's like um, that growth and having that mentorship, someone teaching me a little bit about the business and then discovering like what kind of dentist you want to be. Because I don't think you really know until you start diving into it. Right. You're like, okay, I don't know if I like this. I like this, you know, and then you just figure it out. Yeah. Can I ask you on the, 
you know, I have so many questions. We could easily make this a two-hour podcast. <laughs> On the profitability side, so I understand your journey up until this point, but like mix of services, fees, do most dentists just overthink this? Because going back to what you said a little bit earlier, you're just basically, am I simplifying it too much by saying you are a great restorative dentist and airway now is just a stronger component of the treatment? And if so, like, how do you incorporate fees around that component? What do you say when people bring you that question? So from an airway dentistry component, like you're just, you're doing more dentistry. Right. So, so like that fee is, it's not really like an increase in fee. It's like, you're just doing more dentistry. You're looking at these arches, you're rounding out the arches, you're doing more bondings and, you know, you're, you're doing comprehensive dentistry um, to try to not make the airway worse. So that as a whole, you're just doing more dentistry. Um, now, there are other procedures that you can add in, in your wheelhouse. So one of the things is orthodontics, Invisalign. Most people are already doing Invisalign. Well, from... You, now you're setting it up for restorative. Now you're setting it up to make the airway better. You're increasing the oral volume space for the tongue. Um, you're, I'm doing Invisalign on younger kids. So you're catching them a lot younger. So so that's like an extra tool that I'm doing. Um, laser therapy treatments. So I'm always doing, I was already doing lasers, crown lengthenings and soft tissue, hard tissue. Now I'm looking at phrenectomies, you know, tongue ties. Um, I'm looking at the, the soft palate, like night lays. So there are definitely extra um, procedures that you can do that are, um, that pertain to airway to add into the, your wheelhouse. Yeah. So sure. doc, Dr. Mark Murphy, good friend of our, all of ours, you know, every time I ask him a question, he goes, you go back to the principles. Your fees are not really about the procedure. It's about your, um, you know, care, skill, and judgment in the amount of time. Would you agree with that? I mean, I love yeah. that. And, you know, is that applicable here? Yes. I mean, because like you think about like when you take an inclusion course, you don't, I mean, when you come from John's course, you when you're doing comprehensive dentistry, now you're looking at this one tooth that's cracked and you ask yourself why. And you look at the whole mouth as a whole. Like, is there a loss of vertical? Is it constricted? Occlusal dysfunction. So you're opening up these bites. So you're trying to rehabilitate patients' mouths now. You're not, you're going away from single tooth dentistry and being like overall comprehensive care. And I think that's, that's the goal with occlusion courses. And that's the goal with airway. It's comprehensive care. Get away from single tooth dentistry, even get away from quadrant dentistry, you know, like do the entire arch. How does like, um, it's crazy because I had a case today, the other day, and this patient had like eight veneers and he's got this crazy deep bite and the veneers lasted for 20 years until that deep bite, not anymore. So one tooth broke, you know? And so he was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I got to fix your entire bite. I, this is not as simple as just redoing your veneers, Yeah, you know? And so, and that's the key is I think when you take any of these large comprehensive cl classes at Coys or Spear, you know, we're trying to take you, take a step back from single tooth dentistry and then go into comprehensive care. Cause that's where the money is. It, it's, it's how much you treatment plan and, and you're not doing it obviously for the money, but you're being more comprehensive in your care. Yeah. And it just comes with it. Gosh, I have so many questions and then we'll, we'll save them for future episodes. But one of the questions I have today, it's so cool to watch you write the book of your story. Every chapter has this new adventure. I got to ask, like, what's, what can we expect on, on the horizon from you? I know you're always thinking about cool. Like, what's in the next chapter for you? Any, anything come to mind? 
Um, you know, it's interesting. I now, so my focus was always, um, when I started, it was a lot of ki kids. So everyone knows me as like the pediatric person, which is funny because some people mistaken me as a pediatric dentist. And I was like, no, 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 I'm a restorative doctor. Um, but my, what I hope to, what I hope to do in the next five years is to make thinking about looking at airway dentistry more mainstream and try to uncomplicate it. You know, I was talking to John Coyce the other day and I said, it's just way too complicated. We need to stick to dentistry. I mean, yes, there are other factors. Yes, maybe some of these people need myofunctional therapy, maybe even need some body work, whatever. But we need to really stick to dentistry. Can just look at airway management as comprehensive care and stick to dentistry. So my, what I hope you'll see more in my lecture material is I'm going to be taking um, adult cases and saying, hey, this is, you're already doing it. This is what's happening. So I had a talk with a, um, a COIS uh, clinical instructor. She said, Tracy, can you send me literature on increasing the vertical? I need to know if I'm making the airway worse. And so then I, I go through all the talks. I was like, well, it could, it could get worse if you have this kind of anatomy. It'd probably get better if you have this kind of anatomy based on the airway. And she says, oh, I get it. I said, see, you've already been doing airway dentistry. You just made the patient better. you know." And so my goal is trying to really clean that up a little bit because I don't think most people get it. They think it's a whole different discipline, and it's not. Right. You know, The goal is just to make it, don't make it worse. You're already doing it. Uh, but just give you little tips on how you're doing it and the why behind it. Yeah, so well said. So well said. I want you to talk about some of the things that you do as far as lectures. But before we do that, any last thoughts on profitability and airway that you would share? Um, I think that like any occlusion course, um, the profitability comes. It's, it's, it's more about the, the dentistry that you start treatment planning. So don't think of it as don't think of it as a course. I just took an implant course. I'm gonna place five implants. It's not an immediate relief like that. You know, it's basically changing your mindset. Think of it as an occlusion course, and it eventually will. As it starts, as you start to see more of it, as you start treatment planning, um, these cases, the profit comes. That's awesome. He is just knowing how to treatment plan these cases, um, and that's where I. I think that I'm going to take my next journey into like trying to educate on how to treatment plan these cases to make it more airway friendly. Yeah. So well said. That is awesome. So I'll say to you as a listener, if you haven't had Tracy out to your study club, what are you thinking? Like she is amazing <laughs> an incredible educator, extremely relatable. Like you are so much fun to watch you do what you do. And so I'm going to encourage you. If I'm listening, I've never seen you speak. Where can I find out more? How do I find out more about what you do and share with them a few of the other causes that you have going on so I can check this out? Where do I go? So my social media outlets are at Dr. Tracy Wynn. Um, so that's like Facebook, Instagram. I'm always posting stuff there. We have an online education program. It's called ASAPPathway.com. Um, and it's interesting because we, when we started, it was primarily for kids because ASAP stands for Airway Sleep and Pediatrics. Um, but in the last couple of years, we kind of evolved to treating all ages. So now our courses are geared towards management of 
all patients. Um, we do have a lot of it, like in-person courses, live courses now. Like next weekend, I'm heading to Vegas, so we're going to be doing a really big um, joint course, basically how to recognize children and adults with joint disease and how to make it practical. Because that's what it's, you know, like I think the key, uh, my, my message I want to bring home is like we have to make it dentistry practical. Yeah. Because that's the only way, that's the only way we're going to do it. You know, we, we, we can't, we're overcomplicating everything. Just make it practical and um, make it fun. So well <laughs> said. I'm going to have you back again and again and again, as long as you agree to, and just uh, share great information. If you guys weren't taking notes today, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. You can actually flip up to the notes in Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and you're going to see links to all of Tracy's stuff right there. I'm going to encourage you to check it out. You'll enjoy it. She's an awesome educator. And Tracy, as always, I'm so grateful that you're on uh, on a regular basis. So thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I get to learn from you. So stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, please do us a favor. Share this episode with your friends because we love spreading the word to help others create a better practice and a better life. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see or see that we're lining them up now. And uh, I'll have Tracy back again. And anything you want to hear in respect to what she teaches, just let us know. We'll ask her the tough questions and get the answers straight from the experts. So until we see you guys again or you hear from us again, keep watching or keep listening to The Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.